have been studying discerning the voice of God, how to recognize when God speaks to you. And he does speak to you. The, the author of the material that we're using, besides Jesus, is Priscilla Shire. So if you want to get her book, please, I would encourage you to do so. If you don't, don't worry about it. I got it. And we're going to be okay. Do you have meaning, purpose, and do you have direction to your life's choices? Or do you just fly by the seat of your pants wondering, well, where is God? Do you need direction for decisions in your life? Or how do you determine who, what, when, and where? And why would God want to speak to us? You see, you have to understand, God has a purpose, and God has a plan. God's purpose is always scripture, always. It is black type on white pages. It is the written word of scripture. It is general revelation. It's do's and don'ts, thou shalt and shalt not. It's blessings, it's curses, it's the principles, and it's the promises of God. God's purpose is to save you, to change you by transformation, a divine metamorphosis where you become less of what you are by nature and more of who you can become is Jesus. And as a result, he can use you in service to promote his kingdom. But to accomplish that individually and personally, God has a plan for your life. His plan is to personally carry out his purpose of promoting his kingdom through you. And this is the spoken word. This is in these gray areas of life. It's the who, the what, the when, and where to your life. To promote the kingdom of God through the church. You see, by adding converts unto Christ-likeness. So that you're saved to serve by transformation. This study is divided into six parts. We have finished the first part. Don't feel like you're left out or you can't come if you lost one because I'm a repetitious critter. I'm going to get it back to you somehow. And, and Danny and I and, and Caleb are working on some handouts, some pass-outs. Uh, not in the pew. We don't know if we're going to give you sheets to get you going or if we're going to put it up on the PowerPoint. I'm not doing PowerPoint, that's for sure, because I don't know nothing about that. But we're going to talk about anticipating the voice of God the first two weeks, and tonight we're going to begin a study on the Holy Spirit. Then we're going to look at the voice of the Holy Spirit. Then we're going to look at God's voice. God's voice reveals his character and what he's going to do, his conduct. And then we're going to look at God's voice that reveals his plan to you and I. And finally, responding to God's voice. The prayer for this study, I love. Lord God, heighten my spiritual senses so that I can see that which is not visible. So I can hear that which is not 
audible so that I can sense that which is not tangible. And then I can believe that which is unbelievable. Teach me to sort through and to turn off the noises of this world so that I can hear and I can discern your wonderful, powerful, pure, and your precious voice. Let's look at the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? As much God as God the Father, God the Son. He's the third person of the Trinity. First, He enlightens us. Pat, He teaches us truth. Then He empowers us so that He is the spiritual wherewithal so that we don't have to depend upon human strength. He convicts us of sin within our lives. He also comforts us in times of trial and tribulation. He prays for us and intercedes on our behalf when we don't have words with which to speak. He seals our salvation. So that it's a done deal. He is the guarantee of the redemption and of our inheritance. He equips us with spiritual gifts. Whereby we can't use them selfishly. But we use them to build up the body of the church to promote the kingdom of God. He converts our conscience over unto Christ likeness. He reveals the deep secrets of God unto his children. He is the ear of God unto you and I. And he provides companionship. And he gives us guidance. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14, it's, Paul was speaking. He says, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in him, meaning Jesus, when you believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is the down payment of our inheritance. He is the guarantee from God that it exists for the redemption of the possession. Well, the possession is the body. The possession is the believer. Redemption. Tell him, teacher, because I, I like to break down what words mean. Redemption is a process to redeem. Now, some, some of you, most of you, are old enough to remember the old redemption centers, the old redeeming centers. You remember the one that was downtown on Main Street? I'd go to the grocery store with Mama Marilyn. And they would give us gold bond stamps for every dollar that you... I'm sorry, sister, you just can't understand. <laughs> they would give us... You and I got it, though. They would give you stamps for every dollar that you spent at the grocery store. And then you would take those stamps and you'd put them in a book. And then you'd take those books underneath your arm, Becky, and you head on down to the Redemption Center. First thing that I ever bought at the Redemption Center 
was a lamp <laughs> to study with and to study by. Yeah, he told me, he said, son, he said, there's only two things that you really do good. I said, daddy, <laughs> two? Here I graduated as an honor graduate. I graduated magna cum laude. I, I mean, what more? What do you mean? He said, son, I have never seen anybody that can study like you study. And he said, I've never seen anybody that loves Jesus like you love Jesus. And I said, well, daddy. But to redeem means to exchange one thing for another by a before-paid price. Now, at the Redemption Center, Mavis, the before-paid price, Pat, was my grocery money. And then I got my stamps. Friends, the before-paid price was the rich, red, royal, regal blood of Jesus Christ himself upon that cross. Redemption is the exchange. It's the exchange of my sin for forgiveness. It's the exchange of the guilt, the penalty, and the power of sin for forgiveness and justification. You know what justification means? Oh, it means God looks upon you and sees his son Jesus and says, not guilty. It is, it is to, to exchange my daily defeat for his perpetual victory, to exchange my existence for his life with meaning and purpose and direction, to exchange my death sentence for life eternal in the very presence of God himself. It's to exchange my hell-bound way with heaven itself the presence of God, both here upon this earth and one day in his very presence in, in the sky. It's to exchange my loneliness for his presence and companionship and guidance and my disappointment and my depression to joy, unconditional love. Which do you want? And which do you choose? That's what this means. Let me tell you just a few things about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the primary way that God guides the believers, the church today. The Holy Spirit, all of the Holy Spirit, indwells every believer at the moment of salvation. But you must be constantly, continuously controlled and empowered and filled by His Spirit daily. My question to you is this. You have all of the Holy Spirit but does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Right. Every person, whether he is a believer or an unbeliever, is made up of the body, the soul, and the spirit. And when you become a believer, God's spirit takes up residence in you. Now, the conscience is not the voice of God. Every person, whether he's a believer or not, please understand, has a conscience as a part of his soul. And I've got a great illustration that I can only tell you about right now that we're going to get for you so that you can see the, the body, the soul, and the spirit of man. But every person has a soul. And the conscience is not the voice of God. Let me tell you why. Because everyone has a conscience, and God is not the father of everyone. He is the creator of everything, but for the creature to become a child, he has to believe in Jesus, and then God becomes his father. And when you think the Holy Spirit is leading you, let me tell you what to look for. Look for the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to go into this tonight. 
when I say freedom, I really feel like this is what we need to be doing. Freedom, I really think this is what we need to be doing. I really do. You think that was your thoughts and your feelings? And then you take the illumination of the scripture to see if it matches your feelings and your thoughts to test that spirit. And then we have the confirmation of God's hand in circumstances. Church, let me tell you when you can shout. When the external confirms the internal. When God has told you something, Keith, and you get to work, and you see it before your very eyes. That is shouting ground where I want to live. Let's look at the miracle of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 24, it says, The Lord your God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice. We have seen today that God speaks with man. Well, how do we discern the voice of God? How do we see what he says? When Habakkuk told you to go up to the watchtower and take your stand in your stance so that I can see what God says. Now, Brother Cope, I, I can hear what people say, but he said that I might see what God says. How do you see what God says? Well, first and foremost, you can read scripture and see what God says. But secondly, you can see what God says in the circumstances of your life. And this is going to become more and more and more important as we keep going, brothers and sisters. Through the study, we're, we're going to see that the circumstances is what we see going on within our lives. You see, far be it for me to deny that spectacular experiences occur, what we might call miracles, by God. I mean, that still small voice or that inner voice is the preferred and the most valuable form of individualized communication for God's purpose, which is to live out Scripture. Scriptures provide an account of the miraculous ways that God spoke to his children. And I often wish that God would give me a visible sign, Ruth Ann, or knock me in the head like the cloud that led Israel during the day. Abby are the pillar of fire that led them by night. Sister, do you think you might be able to see that and do that? I would hope so, I would hope so too. <laughs> but you know what? Israel had a problem with it. Yeah. And that's a whole different st story. <laughs> but they had a problem with it too. I would that God would supernaturally appear in my life when I need to make a decision. I mean, how hard does it have to be? What is a decision? The decision is a choice that you have to make. And without God, this choice is nothing but a chance. But every choice has its consequences. You can follow God or you can take off, self-propelled without him. Will what you do honor God? And are you willing to pay that price? We are to bring praise to his glory. 
But you see, when God chose to speak in the Bible, those who heard it, they didn't doubt whether or not God was speaking to them, Brother Keith. And they didn't even question what he said. He made his word clear. And the primary method and the way by which God uses to speak has changed. He spoke of old by the prophets. And today he speaks through the Son, the Spirit, in the Scripture is how he speaks. But you see, his goal has not changed. God expects us to hear, to recognize, and to obey his voice. That's what he expects of us. I've not normally heard God in those miraculous ways that God chose to speak to an Old Testament believer, whether it was a burning bush. That would have got my attention. After God told me I was going to sacrifice my son. How about a donkey talking to him? Master, master. Or how about the prophets? How about a writing on the wall? Or how about a Mount Sinai experience where it was written on stones and handed to you? And you weren't allowed to even see the very face of God in his no, I hadn't normally heard God in those ways. My experience, however, doesn't mean that God no longer speaks in miraculous ways, though. You see, we must leave room for God to be God. He alone can choose how he's going to speak. And when God does choose to speak in miraculous ways, church, please understand this. They will serve not as the foundation for us to hear from God, but rather they will be the confirmation of the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 tells us how they heard in the Old Testament by prophets and how he's here today. God has primarily chosen to speak through his word and to speak through his spirit today. Any sensational means the Lord uses will confirm what he's already said. You see, to hear from God today, God speaks primarily through the Holy Scripture. This is his word, the written word, that you can read and I can read. But he speaks through his Holy Spirit too, and this is God as a person. This is his spoken word, that still small, quiet voice that resides within us. But when he speaks by his spirit in your thoughts and in your feelings, then they must be confirmed and affirmed by God himself. And whether this be through circumstances or whether it be through other people, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes too, or whether it be by scripture, he will affirm and confirm your thoughts and your feelings. So our relationship to God is twofold. Our relationship is to God in his scripture, the written word, and our relationship is to God in his spoken word through his spirit as well. I sensed that the Lord wanted me to move in a new direction. Well, let me ask you something. How do you, or when might you sense the Holy Spirit in thoughts and feelings? 
you just wake up one morning with that thought, maybe? Or with that feeling? Let me tell you when the Holy Spirit will begin his thoughts and feelings when you are dissatisfied with where you are and what you're doing. You can look for the Holy Spirit to prompt you, to sense you with feelings and thoughts. Let me tell you another one. When you have a lack of present peace, I keep asking all these people, how do you know when you're supposed to retire? How, how do you know? Dr. Abraham, I served on a board with her the other day, and she retired, and I said, Amen. How do you know when you're supposed to retire? You know what she said, don't you? Oh, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know when it's time. I promise you, Tommy, you will know when it's time. Come on. Now, Tommy, how long are you going to practice? I said, I don't, I don't stop it. I can just have the big one right down here and be just as happy as I can be. Carry me off right out of there, Mavis. It'll be absolutely all right. But you can also sense the Holy Spirit in your thoughts and your feelings when you are challenged by a desire or a passion. Do you know what I mean? Something that you just really, really want to do or be? You can also be sense the Holy Spirit when you have a need for change. Change is good. There's nothing wrong with change. And when you become comfortable as you are, you'll sense the Holy Spirit. Paul said, brethren, I count not that I have apprehended. He said, I had made it there. But this one thing I do. And when you begin to cling to your past, I did for a long time. God was calling me into a new ministry, and I kept hanging on to what I had. Oh, it was good, brother. We were running 40 in Sunday school. Becky was getting me anything I wanted to teach. Church was letting me loose. Got us a big TV screen so we could try to appeal to some of these young kids. I was going strong, bro. Having a good time. God said, I think it's time for you to make a change. Oh, I was comfortable. I didn't want to change. I said, really, God, this is pretty good. <laughs> People are getting it. He needed to make us a decision that was going to stretch my faith and was going to challenge me been in that church all my life since I was a little boy. When mama would take us up there and drop us off and come back and get us. It would be far more comfortable for me just to stay where I was. Cling to what God had already done. I mean, it was good. But I sensed that the Holy Spirit was pulling me forward in a new direction. And he was pulling me forward in a new way out of a comfort zone. Lord wants to do something new in your life. And what he has accomplished has been extraordinary. But he doesn't want you to do it anymore. He doesn't want you to cling to your present comfortableness. That's for a lot of points in Scrabble, isn't it? But he wants you to accept the challenge to change. You see, if you're going to sense the Holy Spirit in his thoughts and in his feelings, I think I feel... 
you, you have to be willing to follow. The disciples didn't see losing Jesus as an advantage, did they? John chapter 16, verse 7, they, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. They couldn't understand that. The Holy Spirit was going to be a constant source of companionship and guidance in the lives of those who believe. He was going to reveal the mind of God to each person continuously and individually. <laughs> the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that he shows us the deep secrets of God. You see, what we often wish we had, what the Old Testament believers had, I wish I had me a burning bush or a pillar of fire or a cloud by daytime. But I rather believe that the Old Testament Israelites would rather have what we have, and that's direct and personal access to God through His Son, by His Spirit. We shouldn't say God can't speak in miraculous ways anymore, no. Let me tell you about the miracle of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's one of those equations again. Now, we're going to write these down for you, so don't get excited. Here's the miracle of the Holy Spirit today. The miracle of the Holy Spirit is that he is an internal, up close and personal, constant source of companionship and guidance to reveal the mind of God, even his deep secrets, continuously and individually for your decision-making. Your life's choices affecting who, what, when, where, and specific revelation and not just general revelation so that God will receive glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving, transforming you and I to Christ's likeness conformed to the image of his son Jesus to promote the kingdom of God here upon this earth. That's the miracle of the Holy Spirit. He wants to reveal unto you, Pat, the secrets of God. He is God's ear to you so that you can make a plan or you can accept his plan. Listen. He's not promised to lead us in a way that appeals to our senses. But rather, he has promised to lead us in a way that appeals to our spirits, the leading of the Holy Spirit within us. Well, let's get a little deeper for just a minute. Let's look at the conscience and the Holy Spirit. I know the Lord is speaking to me when I stop listening to the sounds from the world. Instead, I fall quiet. You have a problem with that? Man, I just love noise. Unless I'm studying. I told you I'm a good student. And when I'm studying, with all those strong, bold speakers and everything, God said, I won't talk hear me because 
I will have no competition for you. I will teach you, but you've got to be still, silent, and be quiet. And then you can hear me. And you know what, brother? That's the absolute truth. I can sit down there, Keith, and I can just write what he is saying, just like a prophet of old taking dictation. But you turn my racket on, and it'll stop. Ruth Ann, just like that. So I know what to do when I go to study and be quiet, to be still, be silent, no hurry, no worry, Tommy. Instead, I fall quiet. Tune in to God in worship and actively listen. Now, wait a minute. How do you actively listen? How do you go climb up to rise up above the circumstances, the people, the things, the worry in the world? To my watchtower where I can live separate from the world and set apart from God when I can turn off the world and tune in to God and actively listen to him to actively discern to hear what God has to say to take your stand and your stance and your watchtower and to purposely listen with the intention to obey why would God tell you something you're not willing to do Or for you to decide whether or not you want to. First, you have got to be positive. Now, I've got a chart for this too, okay? Please, don't worry. I'm just going to put so much stuff out there. But you just need to grab a hold of what I repeat. And the rest of it I'm going to write down and give you. Is what I'll do. And then you can go teach this. That's what you can do. Listen, to purposely listen, first you've got to, got to be positive. You've got to live in friendship. And when I talk about friendship, I'm talking about depth of relationship. And when I talk about depth of relationship, I'm talking about intimacy with God. It means to get close and to go deep and to get strong in Jesus is what that means. That's what friendship is. And you can do this in prayer. God always will speak through prayer, a dialogue between two people who love each other. When we plead and when we pray and when we listen to what God has to say. And then not only do you have to be positive, but you've got to be positioned in fellowship. And this is to wait upon God. Don't go ahead of God. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. This is to meditate upon the Word to submit and surrender to Scripture, to lead you so that you can follow it. So to actively listen. Patricia, you don't have this. You've got to be positive. You have got to be positioned. And you've got to be prepared in fellowship. To worship with a single desire to please and to obey Him. With your sins confessed and your spirit controlled and, and your Christ spirit filling and you are Christ controlled. Listen, sometimes nature speaks. You ever had that slight trepidation, that slight little, just a little bit of fear? Brother, we'll just see what I have to do later. Just that little bit of fear? Just about the time that happens to me, Adam, I'll look in my rearview mirror and there'll be a sunset right 
in that whole mirror. I got ready to come out here tonight, sister. God, please, if they can't get anything else, if they could just see the passion for your word in my life. All of a sudden, this Brother Culp, this cloud just broke. This beam of light just contrasts the truth. Can't you tell you how many times I've gone on the road to the doctor to have something tested? And on the way to me, I said, Oh, dear Jesus, really? Please. Please deliver me from all of a sudden there'll be something in nature that'll just boldly come through. I was going to Jonesboro having some physical therapy done on a shoulder from humping that chair for so many years. And I got in the car and I turned on this CD. I told you I got to have some noise. Good noise. <laughs> and Brother Danny, this song came on, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember what the song was. And Abby, you know, in modern technology, you can just push that button and it repeats. You don't have to pick the thing back up and start it over again or do anything. You just keep hitting that button. Mavis, you don't have one. And you just <laughs> keep hitting that button, and it just keeps playing over and over and over. Well, brother, I'm telling you, the glory of God filled up my car. It was Isaiah chapter 6. Pat, it came all inside of my vehicle to the point that I just couldn't stand anymore. And I said, Lord Jesus, you're going to have to cut it back just a little bit so I can drive. Finally, I got to Jonesburg, and I don't know how I got there. Because I guarantee you, I was not in that vehicle. And I said, God, I really hate to get out of this car and go into this doctor's point. I'd just rather stay right here with you. And I said, okay, I'll go make my appointment. I went in, Mavis, went inside and came back out and got in my car to start it back up and looked in my rearview mirror so I wouldn't run over somebody just hoping that God would just shine it down again. I mean, orange ball in the middle of my mirror. And Brother Danny said, here I am. It was, sister. I was gone again. I finally got it in reverse and got, got it turned around and started to go straight. And it was late in the afternoon, and the sun was on one side, and here came a moon on the other side. Now, that car didn't fill up on the way home, brother. And it hadn't filled up since. Must be my fault, not God's, because he wants to do it. But it was a special moment. It was a miraculous experience. And you can say it didn't happen, but I can say it. It happened, man. And it was real. I don't know where I'm at. Sometimes God speaks to us through nature just to remind us like a four-inch snow on Saturday afternoon when it's been 70 degrees the day before. <laughs> Didn't get on the street at all, just in the grass. 
And by the time I got out of church the next morning, brother, it was gone. That's my kind of snow. Unless I'm up in the mountains snow skiing, and that's horrible. Sometimes God speaks just through his word, his written word, and giving us principles and, and giving us promises. And sometimes the Spirit speaks the spoken word, that still, small, quiet voice within us, stirring my conscience, aligning me with God's will, telling me what I need to fix and control and change. Listen to me. I cannot control the voice of God. I can't control how it comes. I can only control my ears and my ability to listen and to follow Him. I know the Lord is speaking to me when I fall quiet, when I listen, when I wait, when I'm still and when I'm silent. No hurry, no worry. When I tune in to watch, to seek out and search for God's solution in God's great world around me. When nature speaks and the written word speaks and the spirit speaks and then all of a sudden awakening me to follow him. That's when God speaks. Oh, but there's more. Our spirits. Okay, can you imagine with me three concentric circles? One big one on the outside. Brother Culp, a second one on the inside. And then a third one in the middle. That third one in the core is our spirit. The one out above it, Abby, is our soul, our conscience. And the one out above that is our body. So our body is in contact with the environment and the world around us. Our soul is in contact with us. The spirit is in contact with God. Our spirits are the core and the essence of who we are. Now, you remember what this is? What is your identity? In the world of identity theft today, what is your identity? Has anybody walked up to you and said, what is your identity? You want my credit card number? Your identity is who you are and whose you are. Who you are is Jesus as Savior. This is Christ in you. Whose you are is Christ as Lord. Jesus through you. That's your identity. Our spirits are the core and the essence of who we are. And every human has a deep, inner voice called a conscience and this voice guides and directs our choices it's that sense that's deep inside of you that you should or you should not do or say something even non-christians can be moral people they just don't have a cause and their conscience helps to direct their choices the problem with following your conscience is that every person's conscience is developed based on their personal environment and specific life experiences. Our conscience can be shaped in a way that's not pleasing unto the Lord even. And this can hinder, hinder our ability to clearly hear what the Spirit is having to say to us. But listen, when you become a Christian, your spirit becomes new. God's Spirit bears witness with yours. He didn't take your spirit away. Your spirit is there. But it must come into surrender submission to his spirit. And then he will take over your conscience. And he will convert your conscience into Christ's likeness. So that your mind and your thoughts, your emotions and your feelings 
and your will, your desire, and your determination will become his. So you'll have a single desire to please and to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, not because you're forced to, but because you want to out of love for him. That's when your life changes. You don't become changed. You become exchanged. Now, at the Journey Campus in Jonesboro, where I go to church with my kids and my, with my grandkids. If we'd have had grandkids before kids. <laughs> he says it's a substitution. I like that. He says, and those of you who want to practice, practice subtraction without substitution, it won't work. So that person that tells you, well, Dr. I'm going to come to Jesus when I get rid of this, or I'm going to come to Jesus when I stop doing that. You can't stop doing that, being that, until you come to Jesus first. So it's a substitution, his life for yours, his victory for, for, for your defeat. I call it an exchange. The spirit of the living God indwells your human spirit. He gives you new life. In Titus chapter 3, verse 1, he said it's a new birth, it's a new life through the Holy Spirit. And now that you've been exchanged, your spirit is under the control of the Holy Spirit. And God begins to change your mind, your will, and your emotions so that you can reflect his thoughts and his feelings. And as you surrender your life and obey his word, he begins to reprogram your conscience so that it becomes like Jesus. Listen, you want to act like Jesus? Then you've got to have the mind of Christ. And when you can think like Jesus, then you can act like Jesus, but not till then. Your spirit-led conscience starts to discern between sin and righteousness, and then he begins to instruct you. Listen, your actions from your thoughts from your mind and your attitudes from your emotions of your heart have changed since the Holy Spirit took up residence in your life. But we're going to have to stop. But we're fixing to come to another real exciting part. We are admonished to test the Spirit to see whether or not it be from God. We're going to talk about the message of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the mode of prayer. We're going to talk about the model of scripture we're going to talk about the ministry of Eli do you remember Eli son go back told him three times to go back finally when he came back again he said that's God speaking to you and then we're going to look at the ministry of confirmation whereby God takes the external and confirms what he has told you on the internal we're going to talk about transformation